0: by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau.
1: Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, when it comes to sharing your faith, sometimes it can be difficult, especially if you're in a business situation or a business meeting. I mean, how will people react? How little or how much should I share? Is it okay to even mention the name of Jesus? These are just a few of the things that could be crossed in your mind as you discuss business, ethics, or whatever the meeting's about. What about that terrible word, change? Some organizations embrace it. Most employees want to avoid it. Amen. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. Whether you're a business leader, a change management professional, or simply someone intrigued by the intersection of society, technology, and faith, I can guarantee you're going to get a lot of valuable information from today's interview. Amen. To help shed some insight into ways to handle these types of situations, our guest, Carrie L. Bass, will give us some insights and wisdom to use in business settings, etc., Kerry Bass is the CEO and founder of Potential to Reality Consulting, which specializes in enterprise transformation, operational excellence, and organizational change management. With over 25 years of experience, Kerry has led transformation and change initiatives for government agencies, nonprofits, and commercial enterprises. Kerry's vast expertise is what drives the positive changes in the organizations he helps and for society as a whole. Praise God. He's also a senior member of the American Society of Quality, or ASQ, and is the chairman of the Center for Electoral Quality and Integrity. Help me welcome to the program, Carrie L. Bass. Carrie, it is such a blessing to have you on the program today. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us.
2: Thank you, Brother Robert. Appreciate the opportunity to be on your show.
1: Amen. Now, the first question I always ask and start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Kerry Bass?
2: Kerry um, Bass is a very blessed man that has an opportunity to see and uh, experience a lot of things in life uh, and follow a path that God has allowed me to be able to add on for a lot of different things. I uh, started out studying engineering after uh, uh being raised in a christian household and uh so i g- understand science and believed in the scientific method and uh but also understood the 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 uh the impact of god in revel- revealing his creation and giving authority to man and capability to man to be able to do things uh was uh in business for a while i spent uh, a large amount of time with uh IBM uh, and started out as a field technician after being in a family uh, garage business, and then uh, learning the computer industry. And uh, after getting into senior management and quality, and managing the global quality and organizational uh, skills development for the field technology division, uh, I put uh, did full time ministry for a while. I struggled. Hey, for, uh, listening for a while. The, the Lord had been telling me about, uh, that, you know, this was an opportunity for me to serve. And I, uh, I resisted for a long time because I thought I was going to be a business (laughs) executive and I was saying, how do, how will that work? I don't quite get it. And, uh, uh, and, but I was waiting for God to give me that Damascus road, uh, incident to make me go into ministry and, and, uh, God allows me to get really frustrated sometimes. And I'll be, I remember I was cutting the grass angry and I said, you know, uh, I don't understand. You know, do you want me to do something? You need to tell me something. And and he said, <laughs> look around you. Uh, you see all of these things that need to be done. You have these skills and abilities. This is the work. I'm God. You do it or not. Because Amen. my will will be done. So yeah. you can join it. So that's where I'm at. And I've been able to have a uh, long eclectic ride uh, of being able to learn things, be able to put it in place and being able to learn how faith applies to that
1: and uh, be able to share it. Amen. Amen. You know, <laughs> I remember my argument with God too, you know, <laughs> uh, the uh, you know, quick back, my listeners have heard this. So I'm not going to take a lot of time to, to go into it, but uh, after I left the military, uh, we had a lot of hard knocks and, uh, you know, was trying to run my own business and all that. And, and uh, January 25th, 1992, I'd had it, you know, and I was actually contemplating suicide. I mean, it was that bad. Mm. And uh, I, I wasn't born again. I was that night, but at this time I wasn't. And I just... Lifted up my eyes, I was crying because I was so depressed. I said, "Lord, I'm done. I'm I'm checking out. I'm I'm finished. I can't do this anymore. Unless you move right now, I'm just going to end it all. You know, if you can fix it, great. If not, I'll fix it. But something's going to happen. You know, if you fix it, I'll I'll be a preacher for it. I don't care. But something has to happen. And." My wife, she was born again for four years before that, praying for me. And when I went on this business trip, she made me take my grandfather's Bible with me. And uh, there was nothing to do. You know, I didn't, you know, so I was just reading. There's three ways to read the Bible through in a year in the front cover. I still have it in the Bible I use today. I took it out because that one, I wore that Bible out after this incident. But I still have these the way to read the Bible through right there. Mm-hmm. I taped them into this Bible, but uh lay down to go to sleep. And, and I was reading one way, you know, two ways in the morning. And then the third column at night before I went to sleep laid down. I said, Oh, I forgot to read my Bible. Well, if I'm checking out in the morning, I guess it'd be a good thing to tell God I was reading his Bible. <laughs> and uh, so I looked up the scripture. I was supposed to read was Psalms 34. As got down to verse seven that says, the Lord has heard this poor man cry and shall deliver him from all his trouble. And that one verse changed everything, you know? And I felt the Holy Spirit. And I mean, I called my wife says, I'm coming home. <laughs> you know, that thing, right? And uh, about, let's see, that was 1992. So three and a half years later, my wife and I are doing our Bible devotions time out on the back porch, living in Texas now and i got my calling in the ministry is ezekiel chapter two and chapter three right? and i read that he says you know i'm sending you the people of your own nation not to a people of strange language hard speech to understand by you then they'd listen but i'm sending you your own people because they don't want to hear what you got to say but that's all right i made your head harder than their heads and <laughs> i've been called a hard head my whole life this made complete sense to me right and I guess all the blood drained out of my face because I didn't say anything. I'm just looking at my wife's like, what's wrong? I goes, nothing. I just read this wrong. So I read it again and said the same thing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, so I argued with God for six months. Mm-hmm. Lord, you know, you know the lifestyle I led, you know, you got the wrong guy here. And finally he had enough of it. it just like he told you, he, his response to me was, did you lie to me? <laughs> like Lord I'd never lied to you. What do you mean? Did you lie to me? When would I have lied to you? And then he replayed that conversation that night. Right. You know, and you know how the Bible says we're going to see everything we've ever done, you know? And, just, and, and, and I I seen just a small snippet of what we're going to see, you know. Mm-hmm. And he replayed that night from like an overhead view. I said, I'll be a preacher for it. I don't care, but you got to fix this. He goes, did you lie to me? Said, <laughs> no. He says, so what are you going to do? I'll go into ministry. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand completely, you know, that yeah. conversation you had with God out in that front yard. because yeah. I, I got it. I understand it. Amen. Amen. So how did you get started in the type of consulting business that you're doing now? Well, uh, I spent
2: a uh, about over 15 years doing consulting and uh, technology with uh, government agencies and government consulting firms, and um, I also uh, had started prior to that with the the last uh, work that I did with IBM. I helped them to be able to transform. Their uh, their service division by, by bringing in this methodology that uh, that one of my professors and uh, advisors to the business, Dr. Robert Miles, uh, introduced. And um, I decided after uh, 2019 that that I was tired of being on the road, and uh, it was time for me to uh, hang out my own shingle. And, and basically now. Uh, uh I semi-retired, which gave me the freedom to be able to focus on the opportunities that I want to take versus being uh, required and in, in trying to uh, pursue business just for the sake of making sure I fill up my uh, uh, billable hours. And so <laughs> uh, I, I really am uh, uh, quite enjoying this opportunity to be able to uh, help organizations uh, s- select organizations that are interested in uh, moving and making a difference uh, be able to identify how to go about doing that and getting themselves aligned and and moving in the directions that they want to go
1: amen amen you know is it true that in order to effectively how I phrase this effectively change an organization you need to bring a change to the people. And does that mean change the people as in leadership or changing the attitudes and perspectives of the people making up the organization?
2: You know, uh, that that is a really great question. And the answer is yes, Uh, even though you asked me, is it an either or? And I heard that originally when I first started looking at change over 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the change experts uh, uh, came up with a uh, saying that's always resonating in my mind it says, you have to change the people or you have to change the people. Um, And that is really uh, key. And that's one of the efforts that I've focused on, particularly from a leadership standpoint. Um, You need to have people that are capable and willing to go where you are trying to take the organization. And if they are not capable or willing to make the journey, then you need to find a way for them to find a place where they will be comfortable or successful that are not part of it because it's, it's demeaning and demoralizing to your change effort. If you start losing people along the way, I kind of uh, liking it until, you know, that, that metaphor of leaving on a ship Uh, when you leave the dock, uh, there's not much way to get off the boat. You, you know, the folks go overboard and they, they either survive or perish, but the boat continues along the way. But everybody that's on the boat knows that Joe went overboard. And so they begin to wonder, well, what is the, the fate of me? Will I go overboard or will I be able to make it all the way to the other side? And will I survive? Yeah. And so it's best to align your people with the mission you're going, which means you need to let them know where you're going before you set out.
1: Yeah, amen, amen. As you're talking about that, an example, a true life example came to my mind, and and I'll just briefly explain it. I'm pretty sure being in the the change of business, you know, that what you do, you're familiar with this story, but uh, for some of the younger people listening, they may not have heard about all this, but way back when the government had to help Bail out some of the car companies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chrysler went bankrupt, Mm -hmm. and you know they wanted to bring Lee Iacocca over from Ford to run the organization. He didn't want to go, and he said, "Okay, the only way I'm going to come in is if you give me the authority to fire anybody in this organization, from the board of directors all the way down to the janitor and, and, and anybody at all." And they said, "Deal," and he signed the papers. Once the contract was signed in the boardroom, it was okay, all of you are fired as of right now. He fired the entire board of directors, <laughs> every one of them, got rid of them all and started all over again. But he also said, I'm only going to take $1 in salary per mm-hmm. year, but mm-hmm. I'll take the stock options because I believe this is going to work. And it did. He turned around. He paid off the debt. I think it was supposed to be paid off in 10 years. He paid it off in three Mm-hmm. something like that you know but i'll never forget that story he Said the only way i'll do is if you give me the authority to fire everybody from the top down they said deal and he signed the contract in the boardroom so now every one of you pack it up and get out it <laughs> brought all he brought in his own people you know? yeah yeah and, uh, and that's why i asked that question but you got change the people or are you going to change the people yeah. yeah. <laughs> and,
2: and, and that's one of the things that, you know, that as part of this transformation effort that I spend time with the, the top level executive on is uh, where do you know your team well enough to know that they are capable and willing to go where you want to go? And if not, you need to be prepared and give them, you know, the the means to find a, a exit to to make the way. Uh, because a lot of times, if you have to do dramatic things, that again it it makes your your uh, journey harder.
1: Yeah. Amen. Amen. How often do you run into the attitude of, "But we've always done it this way"?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's tremendously the the issue. One one of the things you know, I guess that uh, it is good human nature to understand how things work. And you know what has helped you in the past be successful. Uh, but the leader is responsible for not just looking at right now, but looking out into the future. Amen. And so yeah. if what you're doing today is not going to get you there, then uh, you need to be prepared to let people know that this is going to change. What you're doing is going to change. And, it, and, and, uh, it's going you, how we did it yesterday, and we've always done it that way, is not useful for where we're going. Uh, buggy whip makers, I mean, well, we made buggy whips, that's a classic, you know, cliche. <laughs> we've always made buggy whips this way, but we're driving, we're making cars, there's no horse to whip, so <laughs> Amen.
1: it's Amen. not going to help you. Yeah, that, that's funny, because that's the example I was going to use, uh, you know, because I was studying about Henry Ford and the assembly I, I grew up in Michigan, so yeah. you know, mm-hmm. about, about 40 miles north of Detroit. So naturally, you know all about Henry Ford in that area of the country, right? And his deciding to use the assembly line, you know, and and it was, at first it was debunked, you know, but, but when he started to turn out. Not only more cars that are faster, vehicle, but better cars, right? Than the competitors. Suddenly, everybody wanted to make an assembly line, and yes, it just exactly. wasn't the automobile plants either. You know? Yes, yeah. And that was an idea that shook up the entire industry and economy.
2: D- disruption, and that's the thing. Disruption has been happening. Well, it's it's had to happen because that's the way that change makes its its appearance. Is that what you did in the past? no longer fits into the world of where you're going.
1: Yeah. Amen. And that's kind of how AI artificial intelligence is shaking up business, the business landscape right now as well. I yes. mean, it's something that's new and innovative, but that just about every organization will have to adapt to, or they're going to be left behind with the buggy whips.
2: Exactly. Exactly. You, you know, um, AI is an interesting uh, case of disruption. Uh, it. Because AI has actually been around for a long time in computer science, and they've been trying to uh, uh, build this capability for a number of decades. Uh, but we're just now at that intersection of where technology, the, the the computers, hardware, and the software are at the right place with the right amount of information to start making it useful for AI to start making. Adequate predictions based on information that it has, and so that causes us to think about how are we providing value, and if my means of providing value was simply going back and and repeating the same thing over and over again, then that has less and less value when you have automation to be able to do it, Mm -hmm. and so I my thinking is, and my advice uh, to organizations is to be aware of the capabilities of bias and those kind of things, but you need to think about what are you really providing as value? And is it really a value to have somebody sit and send a form letter to someone versus having a, a AI system generate the form letter and send it out and having that person be able to take a higher level of responsibility and use their brains for something more creative and uh,
1: adaptable. Yeah. Amen. amen. Well, is AI something that business owners, not just industry leaders, but mom and pop business owners, is this something that they need to embrace or shun?
2: I uh, You need to, to like all tools You need to be aware of the the, uh, dangers of it, but you need to embrace it because it is a force multiplier. Um, uh, You you know, think about how long it takes to, uh, you you know, you were talking about earlier about doing some of the routine tasks of getting ready for a podcast. Imagine if a lot of that stuff was taken care of for you. How much of your time would be freed up to do more of the creative things? Of, of getting guests and being able to, to understand and, and reflect on what is it that you're trying to do uh, rather than spending the multiple hours that it takes for you to do rendering and, and editing and all those kind of things. So yeah. uh, mom and pop businesses need to be aware of, of that and, and find out how can it help them. And then also uh, look at the value that they bring. Uh, if the value that you bring is something that is, you know, if it's uh, in that area of of, of uh, uh, opportunity for AI to take over, you need to think about maybe this is a threat for me. I may be in Amen. the boogie whip business. Maybe it's a good time for me to think about something else.
1: Amen. And I, I was... We've started the adaptation of AI and what we're doing here uh, with the podcast, the training and things like that. Uh, A good example is our schedule. You you went through the scheduler to book your interview, right? Mm -hmm. Prior to using that type of system, it was all done manually by me through email. How does Tuesday the 17th at 10 work? Well, then, you know, tomorrow I get an email by, well, 17th won't work. How's the 18th at one? Well, oh, I can't do one, but I could do three. So it takes a whole week. Exactly. To come to a, a conclusion of when we're going to do an interview with a scheduler here. Here's the link. Book it when it's convenient for you. And it comes through. I double check my schedule to make sure, okay, we're good. You know, the exactly. whole process takes 15 seconds. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> exactly.
2: you know, another example is, uh, you know, um, these, these, uh, uh, platforms, kind of like what we're on with, with Zoom and others, is how often have you had to have someone to take notes uh, mm. of a meeting or, or being yeah. able to have a transcription of it? Yeah. Uh, the voice recognition software has gotten so, uh, so much better now that uh, it almost used to be that whenever you you did a voice recognition trans uh, transcription, you almost had to spend as much time to uh to go back and correct the transcription than it yeah, did to just true. go ahead and write something for yourself, exactly. but with AI that capability now is just uh uh right there and it and it makes it available so you can share that information with you know people that need it right away yeah
1: i have seen recently uh someone promoting AI and they said uh if you have you know, a team of customer service representatives, say three or four, that handle the incoming emails, the incoming chat messages, the phone calls, you know, and all that. And that's what those three people do every day, answering the same questions every day, several times a day. <laughs> type of thing Is that if you integrate it into an AI chatbot, people type in their question, here's the answer. And the machine, now those three people, as you just said, they're free to help. You know, you might have one there to maintain, you know, the phone line or whatever, but the other two can now be moved to a more important position than just answering the phone all day.
2: Exactly. Adding more value with the resources that you have.
1: Amen. Amen. So what is something that you caution business leaders to watch out for when adapting AI in their business?
2: The biggest concern with AI overall, uh, and you see it uh, in multiple different areas, is bias. Um, And the way that these AI systems work is that they get trained on data that their creators or they get algorithms that are corrected by people. Those people have biases. And so the, the difficulty is, is that once they're automated, now those biases are faster, and you know the speed of automation. And so, if you have a blind spot, for instance, if you think someone uh, doesn't fit your care, your your customer set, uh, and you train the system to not see basically those potential customers, then that is a major danger um the other thing is uh that you um uh those biases m- may uh not just exclude customers but it may actually hurt uh some of your customers or maybe even uh, other people or 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 people that you're meant to serve yeah. um there's a uh one of the leaders her name is Dr Joy Bonalan Winnie uh, a brilliant young lady she uh, uh was a super geek if you'd like to call it that <laughs> Uh, but as a teenager, she was building robots, uh, uh, to, to be, to, you know, to play. And she was, uh, before she went to Georgia tech and, uh, she built a, uh, 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 pet kind of a, a dog out of a kit that was going to be her virtual pet. And she used off the shelf facial recognition software to be able to get it. So when the camera saw her that the pet would, you know, you know, show affection and all those kind of things, but she couldn't get it to work. And uh, Dr. Buon Luwini is uh, of African descent and dark skin. And the basic problem was, is those off the shelf facial recognition software could not see people with dark skin oh wow so that allowed her then to be able to understand how biases work and also the other side of that if you train it such that uh who is a criminal so to speak uh, and if you only say that people with dark skin are criminals then it assumes that that's a characteristic of of yeah. criminals. And so you have to be careful about those type of things. That's the biggest issue is how do you understand and and know that bias exists and then be able to uh, uh, work to make sure that it's not causing a detrimental effect.
1: Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're out of time. Today's portion of this great interview with Carrie Bass. Folks, <laughs> I am not a technical, a techie. Let's just put it like that. I am not a techie by any means. And a lot of the technology I use in the podcast and in our ministry is I learn it simply by repetition. And so I know what buttons to push in what order to get the results that I'm looking for. But that's not the way it needs to be. I mean, Kerry Bass is here. His ministry is to help you to understand how to use this technology that's available today to stay ahead of your competition, especially in the business world. It is so important. I encourage you to reach out to Carrie and his team. Ask a question. You know, this may be the very first step in an important transformation to your business that you've been waiting for. Amen. Drop down the show notes, click the links right there, get in touch with them. But the good news is, this was just part one of this great interview. Carrie's coming back in the very next episode to continue this discussion. And I know, I'm excited about it because I know what we're talking about. Amen. So you do not want to miss it. All right. Till then, this is Pastor Bob you. Be blessed
0: in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published.